Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Uh, Hello and welcome to the morning sports briefing (laughs) on the 5th of April. um, Welcome to the New Zealand Sport Radio. Hi, I'm Paul, your host for today. In our headlines today, we have updates from the Super League in the UK. Obviously, the Belarusian League uh, has played some games this weekend already. And some news from the RFU about potential changes to the world calendar and also, finally, we will be talking about the NBA and the players that have been inducted to the Hall of Fame. To kick us off, I'm going to pass you over to Stephen from the Deep South, who's going to take us through the football news. OK, so around the football world today, quite a few items. The Phoenix crunch time decision looms are near. One A-League tantrum ends and another one begins. And then we've got a bumper section of actual sports. Yes, it's off to Belarus we go. Save us, Belarusian. Save us, Belarusian Premier League. Right, two results are in from Saturday's Belarusian Premier League action in the opening game of the third round. Stephen, yes, he's getting excited already. You're a Gorodea. They're away to Balsina. And the only goal of the game, just one precious goal, and it was scored from Gorodea. The Serbian replacement midfielder, Lazar Sizcic, grabbed the 66-minute winner and propelled them way up the table, three places to 13th. They left 405 very, very uh, hardy home fans disappointed as they took the cookies in the opening game of the third round. In the second game, though, I've got complete opposite emotions because it was utter disappointment for my um, team, uh, Torpedo, who went down in a devastating 2-0 defeat to uh, Domino Minsk. A goal in each half for Klimovic and Brusic sent the 411-strong home crowd away happy this time. Former matches are taking place overnight. There's a couple that are uh, nearing end and going through the end just now as we're talking about it, but we'll talk about those games in tomorrow's. We'll have the full results here for that as well. Now, while we're in Belarus, we've had a few comments in the last couple of days uh, mentioning the second league of the nation, uh, which is spot on the money as well. Belarus has a three-tiered league system. The Premier League at the top, which you've just mentioned as well. The first league is the second division. 
And no prizes for getting this one. The second league is the third division. It plays out promotion and relegation like they always do each season. Um, but sadly, for those who are keen on more Belarusian football, you have to wait a couple of weeks uh, just yet. The season in the second league is, or the first league, I should say, the second division is not scheduled to get underway uh, till the 18th of April uh, when Lokomotiv Gomel will host, here we go, it's a really great name, this one, Kamik Svetovsky. Uh, that's probably completely hashed it. The second league is expected, that's a third division, to start at the end of March. And then they have a reserve league as well, uh, which is midway through the third round, just like the Premier League, because that follows exactly the same sort of structure. Uh, and they run in tandem. Uh, so in the in that uh, reserve division, it's Neman Grodno reserves who are leading the way in that division. Right, back home to the bickering A-League. And it's, well... A little good news for the short term, but uh, maybe some sad, bad news for what could be a damaging long term for the A-League. Uh, Fox Sport has told the A-League clubs that they will likely receive their final quarter broadcasting payments, which will be good news for the players in the clubs, but they've got no reassurance for anything in the future. So it's becoming, just like we've talked about the last few days with, with uh, the Players Association and, and the leagues again, it's becoming a game of cat and mouse, and it continues this rather childish whole behaviour by a lot of the parties that are involved in the A-League at the moment. Uh, the final payment's due by the 15th of April, and Fox are willing to pay that because then they can blame the A-League for not producing football and say that they are breaching their contract. And that gives them reason to pull out of the remaining three years of their deal. But then if Fox Sport don't pay this fee, it'll put themselves in breach of the contract and that'll change the game completely in favour of the A-League clubs. It's pathetic. It really is childish by all these teams, all these clubs and, and the... Uh, Fox Sport and all those sort of uh, people involved. So it's not the best time for the A-League to be looking for a new broadcasting deal next season if it happens, but um, that may be their only choice in the matter. And finally, on the doorstep of the Phoenix, uh, they've still declined to comment on their player payment situation, but it has come out that they are still paying their players currently. With a decision what happens to the A-League still three weeks or so away, makes you wonder how long they can keep this up. The New Zealand government has just yesterday, I think today, announced yesterday announced a recovery package for sports organisations, uh, which could keep things uh, going for the Phoenix. But it's only a matter of time, and we'll see what happens. Um, and it's really happened at a poor time for the club too, hasn't it? Their best season in years. They got uh, backing and support for the club has been growing ever increasingly week by week. The rewards are slowly coming for the Phoenix, who have always been considered that that ugly duckling of the A-League, and now that's all in tatters as they have to go back to square one, sadly, and look to the future to do it all again. That is me from football. Enjoy your day, everyone, and I'll see you all again tomorrow. Thank you, Steve, from the Deep South. Um, just a quick point. I saw a good article in the Sydney Morning Herald about that face-off between the A-League uh, and the uh, Fox Sports. Uh, apparently, the A-League are also trying to split or become an independent from the FFA. So, yeah, there's a good article there in the Sunday Morning Herald. If you, Sorry, the Sydney Morning Herald, not the Sunday Morning Herald. Um, if you would uh, like to get more details on that story. I'd like to hand you over now um, to Stephen from the far north, who will be taking us through the uh, birthdays today. Yeah, good morning, all. Yep, three birthdays today. We'll start with current Irish rugby international CJ Stander who is 30 years old today. Now, Stander was born in George on the West Cape in South Africa, obviously still currently playing for Ireland. He qualified uh, for Ireland via residency when he moved 
via the Blue Bulls to uh, Munster in uh, 2012. And since then, he's been capped 41 times by Ireland and once by the British Isles. We move to the round game. Fred Dion, 56 years old today, born the 5th of April 1964. Not too far after me, I've got to say. Former all-white who played, all-white striker who played on 21 occasions for the all-whites. Now, uh, that was between 1984 and 1993. De Jong is currently the director of New Zealand football and is the occasional commentator for Sky TV. We head back to the Oval Ball today. Quaid Santini Cooper is 32 years old today. Born in Tokoroa in 1998. That's in uh, New Zealand, by the way, for anybody who doesn't know. He is still currently a professional rugby player. He's uh, played in that number 10 jersey for the Wallabies, mostly between 2008 and 2017, making 70 appearances for the Australian side. But he's also turned up for the Australian Sevens team on a couple of occasions and also the Barbarians once. And he's played 134 first-class games for the Reds and the Rebels. A very well-loved player back here in New Zealand. And I'd like to say on behalf of all those New Zealand rugby supporters, a very happy birthday to Quade Santini Cooper. Absolutely. Happy birthday to all of those people and everyone else whose birthday is today. <coughs> Moving on to rugby news then. Um, Ian Foster was involved in a world rugby meeting to put, uh, put the tackle area under the microscope. The result of their forum in Paris has been that they will not be adding new laws. Uh, which is a relief because, let's be honest, there are a lot of laws in rugby union already. So no law changes, but they have handed down some uh, sort of highlights or areas to focus on amongst the current laws. So look out for that next season and more vigilance around that breakdown area, uh, especially about players coming in from the side because we've seen a number of injuries there from players who are not expecting to be hit from that direction. So that's one of the areas that they're asking referees to clamp down on. In a discussion with the RFU boss Bill Sweeney, he says, I really do believe that coming out of this you will see a different structure and a different shape. And he's talking about the world game there. Uh, he said that what's coming out of this is another level of cooperation and collaboration that is going on. We are talking with world rugby and we're talking with the southern hemisphere almost daily at the moment, which is a good thing. And I do have to agree with him on that one. He goes on to say, it would make no sense to come out of this and just carry on as before. We are looking at things now in terms of all bets are off and a blank sheet of paper. How do we work together? So we come out of this with a much stronger international game, a more resilient calendar that makes more sense to the fans and makes more sense to the commercial partners. How do we come out of it so everyone can benefit? Maybe that is optimistic, but I really do believe that coming out of this, you will see a different structure and a different shape. So interesting there that we could be seeing a different world calendar for rugby union look going forwards. And I think one of the sort of positive things here is that we're not seeing sort of ideas leaked to the press by different parties. Uh, this is the first news I've seen of it that these talks are going on. So it looks like, there, as he says, there is a high level of collaboration and cooperation here rather than arguing uh, and trying to get one upmanship. Australia Rugby also came out and said they have provided the uh, the Rugby Players Union over there 
with the financials that have been asked for and they will be meeting at 2 p.m. today to discuss uh, steps going forwards between uh, the Union and Rugby Australia. So it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of that. There obviously has been some acrimonious uh, discussions in the press around this. Hopefully we can see them come to an agreement at 2pm today. We'll bring you all updates on that tomorrow. I'm going to hand you back now to Stephen from the far north who will take us through the uh, league um, update. <laughs> Thanks for that, Paul. Listen, the last uh, week or so we've uh, done a lot of focus on the NRL. This time I thought I'd decide to go north and look at the northern <clears throat> excuse me, hemisphere game. I just thought I'd recap exactly where the Super League is at this stage. I should say it's the Betfred Super League. Remembering it was suspended on the 14th of March. That's pretty much when the last game was played. Now, it was supposed to have started again this weekend, but obviously there's been a real spike in coronavirus in the UK, so things haven't really um, gone down that path. So just uh, recapping the competition thus far on the t- on the table, there's re- it looks like there's anywhere between five and seven rounds played by all of these teams. The two teams on top were Wigan and Castlefoot on ten points. Then we had a cluster on eight that was Leeds, Warrington, and Huddersfield on eight points on six points. Once again, three teams: St Helens, Catlands, Hull Football Club. A couple of teams on four points: Wakefield and Salford, and. Uh, Hull Kingston Rovers on two, and unfortunately, a team I am going to focus on down at the bottom of the table, Toronto Wolfpack, who have, uh, looks like they've conceded a, a whopping 144 points, and they are 6-0 and oh on the table. They'd probably just be wishing they could replay the uh, whole competition at this point in time. But speaking of the uh, Toronto Wolf, Wolfpack, they've confirmed that uh, Hull Football's club's Historic first trip to Lamport Stadium has been postponed. Now, Lamport Stadium is actually the home of the Toronto Argonauts who play in the Canadian Football League. The Canadian club released a statement on Wednesday afternoon expressing their hope that the fixtures against Hull on April 18, Wigan Warriors on April 25 and St. Helens on May 2nd would be rearranged and played in Toronto later in the year. Super League suspension was extended indefinitely last week amid the coronavirus crisis and minutes after Toronto's update, Salford's Red Devils made, became the latest club, beg your pardon, to announce they have placed the majority of staff on furlough leave. I have to look that one up in the dictionary, guys. Furlough leave. As we are all aware, the 2020 Super League is currently suspended to help tackle the growing COVID-19 pandemic. And uh, in an interesting uh, uh, side issue as well. We spoke about the NRL looking for uh, new ideas to get the competition up and running. Well, this is uh, pretty much hot off the press. Uh, Brian McDermott, who also happens to be the uh, the coach of the uh, Toronto Wolfpack, has come up with a uh, pretty much a new idea altogether. Now, under his proposal, proposal he argued the, the quality remained the same despite the increased uh, uh, workload. But what he would like to see is a game that's actually only played for 60 minutes, but with a, a break after every quarter. So uh, McDermott suggested for the English game. However, this could prove a real eye-opener for the era NRL. I think it'll be an eye-opener for any rugby league supporters who are also trying to make up for lost games. TV networks 
who have stopped paying broadcasting fees. I can see what he's doing. He's just trying to find a medium in there. Given the landscapes we find ourselves and the parameters of welfare, which cannot be dismissed, why not introduce the idea of 15-minute quarters? In my experience, those who would normally play for 80 minutes but who have been substituted for the final 15 or 20 have reported back how much faster and fresher 48 hours feels afterwards. Not only would that be preserving them, but it would enable the quality to remain higher throughout the most demanding periods of time with more star names on display for longer. So what do you think of that, lads? Well, I had read somewhere that the there was a suggestion of going to quarters in Australia, again, to basically add more time for adverts for the TV revenue, but I hadn't heard the idea of shortening the game as well. But if you're going to try and cram in more games in a shorter period of time then maybe that is the way you do it and look after player welfare that way so that may be maybe a good idea but i would be it's something that let's be honest global rapid rugby was championing was the shortening of the game to fit better into the tv schedules maybe there's maybe there is an argument there but i like 80 minutes personally anything else Stephen? or we all done for the league now we're pretty much done for the league guys that's it have a good day everybody Thank you very much. So, moving on to general sports, the New Zealand government has come out and confirmed that Sports New Zealand funding will be the same for next year. That is particularly important for the Olympic sports because obviously the Olympics has been has been postponed till next year and gives them an element of certainty uh, leading into that of their funding at least. That though, unfortunately, has not been enough to stop our first casualty in New Zealand in main sports the uh, netball mainland zone on saturday announced that it was placing itself in voluntary liquidation uh, netball mainland manages the community game from upper south island of the upper south island uh, and christchurch based mainland tactics who play in the anz premiership and is one of the five netball zones in new zealand uh, netball new zealand has revealed their finances have been stung by more than 12 million in lost income this year they were uh, they were forecasting that they would be profitable this year after the Silver Ferns won the World Cup last year, but the suspension of netball at all levels has really damaged them, just like any other sport, let's be honest. So really sad to see that we've lost uh, the, uh, the organisation down there in the Upper South Island that organises the game. But New, Ze uh, New Zealand uh, netball is looking at how they can replace that uh, the, the, the structures there to make sure that the grassroots game can continue and also to make sure that the mainland tactics continue. They have taken on the coach and players and will be playing them directly uh, so, it doesn't, so they won't be harmed. Moving on to Basketball League, the, Matt Walsh, the owner of the Breakers, um, has come out and uh, said that he's actively recruiting European-based Tall Black stars Isaac Fofutu and Taya Webster who are back in New Zealand at the moment due to the pandemic. The idea then is that the Breakers would be able to field an all-New Zealand player team and would effectively be the Tall Blacks by another name. That isn't seen as a bad thing by New Zealand basketball, so that's all everyone is happy with that. Uh, there is um, talk, of, well, there is a real try to get the NBL season to happen this year. It's scheduled to begin in October, but it could begin um, as late as December. They're looking at other at options there. Keeping on basketball, they announced yesterday that uh, Kobe Bryant 
the five times NBA champion um, who passed away uh, in a helicopter crash in January this year at the age of 41, um, has been inducted to the Basketball Hall of Fame. He retired in 2016. He was the NBA Most Valuable Player in 2008 and was the Finals MVP twice, earning 18 All-Star selections. Tim Duncan, the five-time NBA champion with the San Antonio Spurs, and Kevin Garnett, who helped the Boston Celtics win the championship in 2008, were also inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. So congratulations to those three. Obviously, Kobe Bryant being done posthumously. And that brings you up to date on all the news, uh, sports news, and gets you ready for the day ahead. Dev gets to join us at 8am every morning uh, here on New Zealand Sports Radio. You can catch us live on Facebook, or you can listen to the podcast um, during, recording during the day if you would like to. Um, I would also like to announce that we will be trying to kick, we'll be kicking off a new quiz show. The uh, working title at the moment is. Do you know sport? Uh, and we'll be asking for teams from the public. So if you and a mate think you know your sport and would like to come on a quiz show, please let me know at Driving Wall on most channels or you can uh, email me pebains, B-A-I-N-S, at gmail.com. So if you and a mate think you know your sport, get in touch and we'll get you, and get you on the uh, Do You Know Sport quiz show. Thank you very much, Steve and Stephen, for joining me this morning. And everybody, stay safe and have a good day. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.